It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store today coming up on our three-hour tour in the third half. Um, at 11 o'clock, we're going to talk with the uh, authors of a uh, new book called Simple Truths of Leadership. They are uh, Ken Blanchard. And I think I'm going to hear from both Ken Blanchard and Randy Conley. That'll be coming up in a little bit. In the middle of our three-hour tour, we're going to um, hear about an incredible feat uh, from the uh, author and subject of a book called Beyond Possible, One Man, Fourteen Peaks, and the Mountaineering Achievement of a Lifetime. This is the story... um, Based Well, it's the story that the uh, Netflix documentary 14 Peaks is based on. The book uh, put out by National Geographic, written by uh, Nims Persia, and he'll join me by phone and talk about the 14 8,000-meter mountain peaks that he climbed consecutively. Um, it's it's just absolutely an amazing story, and, and we'll have that coming up in just a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about uh, a new book for kids that uh, is absolutely fascinating. Um, it's called The Moon Thief by Christine Keck, and Christine joins me by phone. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um First of all, how do you manage to um, run a multi-million dollar lumber yard and still <laughs> find time to write children's books? <laughs> I definitely spend the majority of my time uh, mothering and running the lumber yard. Uh, but I write in the evenings. I try and write a little bit every day. I, I have a little blog that I try and keep up on. This book, however... Uh, I wrote probably 10 years ago, um, and it, it took about 10 years to finally get it published, so it's been <laughs> a very long endeavor. Is this a first book? This is my set, It's my first published book. My, my first book I am still trying to get published. It's a, it's a rhyming book. It's a series, uh, Little Lily, about a, a ladybug named Lily, but uh, that one has not been published yet, uh, but this is my first published book. It's, that's interesting that you find, you know, that you make time in the evenings to do this. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Mary Higgins Clark? Oh, gosh, yes. I grew up with Mary Higgins Clark. 
Well, I was blessed to have her on my show several times before she passed oh, away. Cool. And yes, she said yes. when she first started writing, she was a single mom. And she yep. would get up early in the morning and write for a couple hours every day before the day would begin. And, and yeah. It, yeah. you reminded me of that. I, I had this picture of you once everybody was settled down and off to bed. Yeah. Let, you know, yes. yep. um, turning everything down in the house and finding a corner and, and, and yep. uh, knocking out. Basically, a very interesting take on doing children's books this uh the the moon thief um is it, it's a great story it's the kind of thing that could happen to anybody who has a, a curious kid um that notices that the moon changes in yeah. size every day it, it for a period of time <laughs> it keeps getting smaller right. as if someone is taking pieces of the moon and yeah and you put together this this sort of mystery of uncovering, you know, who's who's stealing the moon. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then you have a very scientific explanation for what the whole thing was about at the end of the book, okay. which I think is such such an important part of approaching this. It's it's a great idea for somebody to um, create almost a myth about something they see that they mm -hmm. can't explain, but then yep. explaining it. I, I just think that's brilliant. And kudos well, thank to you. you. That, that, means, uh, that means a lot to hear you say that. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I came up with the title first, and I was driving in my car, and it just came to me. I was like, I'm, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be called The Moon Thief. But I had no idea what it was going to be about, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And it, and it dawned on me, very much like the way that you just described it. Um, and I did think that the educational piece was really important because uh, I want children to become curious and then find out, you know, the actual reasons why nature works. Is this um, perhaps the beginning of a, a series of... You know, it isn't yet. I have thought a ton about that. Um, you know, like what other mysteries of nature could could this this boy and his dog Luna solve? Um, and I have ideas brewing, but nothing has been brought to pen to paper. I have I have other projects I'm just really excited about that I'm working on right now. And and books you just can't really rush them; they kind of have to come to you. And so I'm I'm still waiting for that to happen. You know, I gave up writing. Gosh, I would say you know when my kids were. You know, when my son was young and then up until, you know, a few years ago when I picked this book back up and finally started to resubmit to publishers. Um, so I'm really just now falling in love with writing again. And it's, and it's really been a wonderful thing for me. Just single motherhood can be somewhat uh, very occupying and a, a very selfless <laughs> endeavor. So it's really nice to be able to get back into writing and, and find the passion for writing again. How did that first begin for you? Uh, for as long, as long as long as I can remember, I, I have felt the the need and the urge to write. When I was growing up, I uh, I wrote a ton of poetry. You know, we're we're all so so broody and depressed when we're teenagers, and so it's it's <laughs> wonderful material for writing. And I found that my son is a beautiful poet, um, so it's it's really cool to see that kind of run down the chain. 
Um, but yeah, I just, I've always felt the, the desire to write. Now, how did you end up in the lumber business? <laughs> it's just by happenstance. Um, you know, I was I mean, you know, is it a fa- at a high it, it, you know, the, my first thought would be that it was a family business handed down, no. or, or perhaps, perhaps. Uh, um, nope. You would were, think. Yeah. <laughs> but no, not not at all. You know, I was just kind of getting out of high school, waiting tables, stuff like that. And a friend of mine who was, you know, four four or five years older than me had worked at a lumber yard and was finding huge success in sales and got me a job there. And I started out in the nursery. I uh, was there for a couple of years. They went out of business, and a couple of customers who liked me suggested I, I start at Truckee Tahoe Lumber, and that was 22 years ago. Uh, you know, and I said, you know, one day I'm going to run this place, <laughs> and I am. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny story. Well, it is a funny story, and and an interesting one, uh, because it's it's not. I I don't think of women running. Lumber yards. No, no, no. We're a rare breed. <laughs> There's not a lot of women in general in the lumber industry. It's kind of kind of a running joke around, you know, our parts. But I but um, I would think let, that let that's alone run one. Yeah. But I would think that's changing a little. It is. You know, women. I have found in the lumber industry um, do a good job just because they take people by surprise. You know and. We are typically very organized, and you, you really have to, to be organized to be in sales. And that's, that's how I started in lumber. Um, but really found that what I loved was, was management and managing people. And I, I love the, the connections between different kinds of people and, and managing that. And um, I, I, I love what I do. I, just, I do wish I had more time for writing. I, I would think that, that um, especially running a lumber yard, because it's a... A big part of it is warehousing that you would have to be um, mm-hmm. organizationally uh, pretty uh, skilled. Yeah, you know we have a uh, we have five facilities, um, and the, the I run I typically run the mothership up in Truckee, and they do uh, probably you know a hundred and ten million a year. Um, and, and so the, the financial side of it, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a wonderful um, group of middle management that helps me do a lot of it. I can't claim all of the credit for, for how that place runs. But, uh, yeah, it does say logistics is a huge part of it, organization, um, and just, you know, having good people. And it, where I live, employees are, are, are a bit of a crisis. We can't, we can't find any. And so it's been a real struggle this past, this past year. Well, that's happening in a lot of places. Um, you yeah. mentioned you mentioned where you live, which is uh, Truckee, California. That's about as far. Yeah, I, I live in Reno, um, which is about thirty minutes. I commute to Truckee. Yeah, I was going to say Truckee's about as far north in California as you can possibly <laughs> go. Isn't it? It's snow country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, way up in the mountains. And and I saw a reference to uh, Truckee Tahoe. Are they? connected those two cities they are yep so it's it's considered you know it's the sierras and it's the same region the truckee tahoe region so uh lake tahoe is is probably the 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 name that's quite a bit more famous um beautiful beautiful country up there um 
and Truckee is the northern part of Lake Tahoe. So uh, it's the it's it's the same region, and it's still considered kind of the same community. Are are you from that area? I'm actually born and raised in Reno. Uh, I, I lived in Indiana for a stretch when my my father was transferred there for work. Uh, I, I lived there for about until I was maybe nine years old. Uh, and then I went to high school in Reno. I moved up to Truckee right when I started with Truckee Tahoe Lumber about 20 years ago. Uh, but it just, it's very, very expensive to live up there. The medium house, housing is probably 750000 oh, just wow. for a fixer-upper. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, and that's a big reason why we have such an, a difficult time with employees. We have no employee pool. Nobody can afford to live there. So we're trying to, you know, come up with creative solutions to that. Well, I would think running a lumber yard, it might occur to you to build some affordable housing. <laughs> oh, we're working on it. I we're, we're, we are certainly working on it. Yeah, we're probably about two years out from that, and it just can't come quick enough. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah. So you run this uh, lumber yard all day, and then. Mm-hmm commute a half an hour or more back uh yep. back home and spend time mm-hmm. with your kids and then uh, yep. as as soon as yep. everybody's day is done your writing day begins how much time that's do you- right you know i envy mary higgins clark i wish i was a morning person because there <laughs> is so much peace that you know if i could get up at four thirty in the morning i could get a lot done but i love to sleep So, yeah, I'm a night owl, and so after I put my daughter to bed, um, you know, that's that's when it's me time. Yeah, and I try and write a little bit every every day, and it really is a muscle you have to keep using. Yeah, somebody asked um, Stephen King once if he wrote to a muse or to a schedule, and he Mm -hmm. said, um, oh, always to the muse. But fortunately, the muse shows up every morning at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> is, yeah, is that what yep. it's like for you when you finally get that time that you've set aside yeah. to write? Can you sit down and just start in? No, not always. I, I you know, <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people picture it, you know, is that we sit down and it just, that we the, the pen flows and, you know, I'm hammering on my keys. Um, no, not at all. Sometimes I just sit there and I, I stare <laughs> for a long time and then I write a lot of crappy first drafts, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'm reading a book right now that, that talks about that, where you might write three or four pages of really bad stuff, but in there, there really is a piece of magic that you keep. And I think that's why it takes so long to, to, to finish a book. You know, it's, it's all the rewriting it. Well, yeah, I've I've often heard people say they'll they'll sit down and write out a book um in in literally days or or a few weeks. Yeah. Yep. And then the writing begins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what the process was. The movie hey, was written. Chris, Christine, I, I hate I was to in a few hours. I hate to I hate to interrupt, but I have to take it's a okay. break here. Can you stick around sure, for a few sure. minutes? My of guest course, is 
My, my guest is Christine Keck, the author of The Moon Thief. We'll let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words Hello, in, and we'll be back. Hello, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. 
Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program, and we continue my conversation with uh, my guest this hour, who is the author of a uh, children's book called The Moon Thief. Her name is Christine Keck, and she joins me by phone. Christine, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry Thank to you. make you sit through all that. No, <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Um. The book, The Moon Thief, I want to get back to talking about that because we've been talking about the fact that you run a lumber yard and that mm-hmm. you're a single mom. Um, yep. But let's get back to the book. And, and I just wonder if you want to mention the um, the illustrator. I do, yes. She's just brilliant. Her name is Heidi Barnett. Um, her, you know, I, I she was a friend of her mother is a friend of my mother's the, the publisher offered me a few illustrators that just didn't seem to sing the same notes as my characters and so i kind of went looking to commission my own and uh, she she showed me her mother's work and it's beautiful but it still didn't sing to me but then i found her daughter's work and she's she lives in seattle washington and she hand painted every single piece and uh and then took um, photos of those paintings, and so the the artwork is really, really something else. The cover is uh, very compelling. Yeah, yeah, I just I, I'm in love with it. Thank you. Is is the dog significant? Very significant. Uh, I really, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because Luna doesn't actually exist. Uh, Luna is a, is a figment of my imagination. It's the dog that I've just always wanted for my, my little girl, Abby. Um, you know, just it, I really wanted the dog's loyalty and love for the boy to come through. I really wanted um, children to be able to connect with that relationship that they have with their animals. So, yeah, Luna's pretty special. And the um, and, and how did Luna get that name <laughs> well luna it's just um it's like the moon yeah like i was lunar. suggesting a theme there yep <laughs> yep certainly a theme there yeah it seemed it seems perfect it, it didn't take uh any thought at all um it wasn't even something i had to think about like what should the dog's name be i just already knew the dog already had a name before i thought of it when you're coming up with uh, ideas for fleshing a book out like this, like The Moon mm-hmm. Thief. How mm-hmm. do those ideas come to you? For some people, they, they, they're very analytical and they make out a, 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 an outline of sorts. And then some people just sit down and write and are often surprised by the things that they've written. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely say it's the latter, Tom. Um, I, I, I really felt that this story, all, it, it sounds <laughs> a little cliche or silly, but the, the story already existed. I was like a medium for the book. Um, I, it didn't take any effort. It didn't take any thought. I literally wrote it in a, a few hours. 
Um, and then, you know, thought I had a perfect piece, of course, within a week. And then I took it to a, you know, a critic and they destroyed it <laughs> and I rewrote it. And then I took it to a critique group and they destroyed it and I, and I rewrote it. So there was definitely some, some editing and some perfecting to, to go along with the story itself manifested truly on its own. It, it really did kind of take me by surprise. Well, I've I've heard a lot, I've heard some writers describe that as, you know, sometimes the story almost tells itself. It it mm-hmm. it, it just kind of writes itself, and and uh, and and yeah. you described it as being sort of a, a medium, a facilitator for letting the mm-hmm. story out. That's that's kind of an exactly. interesting way of looking at it. It felt that way. It really did. I think you know, and I think the best books. Um, kind of have that same approach I, you, I, I can feel when a book is forced and uh, you know some of them just sort of flow and, and this one um, which is somewhat written in prose that you know I feel does the same thing you know we talked about uh, Mary Higgins Clark very briefly in the last segment yeah. but who uh, and, and you said you grew up with her um, who are some writers that that maybe have inspired you or or uh, sure. directed you toward finding your own voice. Well, it's funny because Mary Higgins Clark is a big one for me. I, I read, I, I've read so many of, of her books um, growing up. And then I, you know, I really got kind of got into the classics at, at a young age. Um, you know, so Charles Dickens was, was up there, but you know, it, it's funny because, you know, Mary Higgins Clark and then those books I read as a kid, but I didn't, didn't fall in love with reading. I was more of a writer, oddly. Uh, I didn't fall in love with reading until I was, you know, somewhat of a of a teenager. But and then I started to to study writing, uh, took writing courses, and and of course I studied it in college. So, yeah, lots of lots lots of classics. Were you uh, a big uh, fan of of mysteries and thrillers? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Because Absolutely. it shows it shows a little bit in the Moon Thief. Yeah, you. I just love books that you know, um, you know, manifest a lot of intrigue and yeah, some some mystery and I kind of like them a little dark and um, and you know, whimsical and yeah, I, I love stuff like big Tim Burton fan, you know. <laughs> um, this book is targeted. Um, at ages six to twelve, mm-hmm. uh, primarily. Yep. But why that? Why that audience? Well, you know, I'm, of course, it's wonderful, uh, and, and and it's interesting. I just I didn't know it when I wrote it and and chose that target. I wasn't sure if if little ones, you know, three four years old, would listen. You know, because it's a, it's a storyline that you know is is you got to follow it. Um, but I have found a lot of people have given me feedback that their their three year olds ask ask them to read it to them to every night. So I'm I've been surprised that it's a larger target. Uh, I just kind of thought that ages six to twelve, you know, that's when you know kids really start to get curiosity about the world in which they live. Um, when science and and nature starts to really intrigue them uh, about why it why it's happening, and I feel like it really peaks, you know. During that age group, and and with this, um, how did you come 
across the the idea to um, sort of do an addendum to the book with the scientific explanation for um, the story that unfolded in the book? About halfway through the story, uh, when I was thinking about, you know, just that it is a little bit fantastical, right? Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> and and I just I didn't want I didn't want to take a chance of of misleading children. You know, I, I do want to spark their um, their imaginations, but education is 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 huge to me. Uh, I always wanted to be a teacher my, my whole life. My daughter wants to be a teacher. And so about halfway through the book, I, I started thinking that, you know, it's, I think it's really important that I tell them why the moon actually changes because um, I'm very drawn to the moon. And I think it's fascinating um, how the moon works. And so it was a pleasure for me to have an opportunity to teach children after igniting their imaginations. And so this this story really just kind of presented itself to you. Um, it did. And now that you've fallen in love with writing again, how do you open yourself up to new stories suggesting themselves? You know, that's that's why I think I have fallen in love with writing again. Is I think for a long time that was somewhat dormant inside of me, and it worried me that things weren't, ideas weren't coming to me. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, they they really did start to present themselves. I have a few projects I'm really excited about that that will be, I think, beautiful uh, and important once they're done. Uh, I want to have a either a, uh, a message or an inspiration or something special, something that, that sparks children, you know. Um, these, these projects, Christine, and anything mm -hmm. you can share or explain a little bit more about what you mean by that? No, not yet. <laughs> I, I mean, really I, I don't... Good. <laughs> I, I don't want to force a spoiler alert by any means, but you know it, they're so good that I could see someone just running with it. And I would hate for them to get done first. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, I just uh, you know often I talk to people who um, have written a book or are writers, and that's one of the things that I always want to talk about is what's coming next. What can we expect yeah. in the future? Yeah. And yeah. and when I asked you if you had another book in the works, you you steered right to no, but I have some exciting projects. Right, right. Well, you know, I can't tell you this. I, I was in the process of thinking about what other things in nature, you know, could a kid grow to be curious about. And so I can tell you that the idea of it being about the rain came from, you know, uh, the idea of maybe this little boy and his dog's adventures continue, but it has manifested into something very different and very beautiful and more about bringing cultural diversities together and, and teaching children acceptance and the differences of all the different uh, diversities and cultures around them. You know, a lot of times when I talk to writers, especially writers that are doing a series, if you will, yeah. um, I ask them if they knew it was a series when they started or if they got to the end of the book and thought, but wait, there's more. 
Um, right. And and it sounds a little bit like that might have been the case for you, you know, in the in the process of getting this book done and published, that you thought, wait, yeah. there's there's more. Yeah, well, I wanted there to be more. A lot of times you write something that you think is really good. You want to keep writing that idea as long as you can. Um, but, you know, it's really kind of up to the stories if that's what they want to be. For me, I had hoped it was going to be a series. As of now, I've realized that it isn't yet. However, my other book that I read or that I wrote, I, I, I started it with it being a series. It's, it felt like a series. It still feels like a series. It's, it's, it's going to be about teaching kind of all of those important life calamity and lessons for children and, you know, how we can be a hero in learning them. Uh, and that's what that series is about. Do you think you would uh, do things differently if, if and when you write uh, another book or, or perhaps the further adventures of uh, you know, these I, characters? I'm not... I, I think my process will always kind of be the same. I, I tend to, you know, it tends to spew out of me, and then I try and put all of these pieces together um, in the right order and, and with the right flow, and it takes a lot of, you know, perfecting once it all comes out, and that's, that's kind of the process that I'm in right now with my, with my other projects. And I, I run into a wall with one and start working on the other one, and oddly I'll, I'll be inspired while working on that one to get back to the one I was on the first time. So it's, I'm kind of going back and forth. Yeah, I wonder how that works, if you can work on multiple projects at a time. A lot of people I talk to say, no, I've got to I've got to finish the thing I started, then I can move on to the next thing. I may get ideas along the way, and I'll jot those down and save them, but um, right. I, I, right. I don't like to pull away from the thing I'm working on. Yeah, I think everybody's probably a little different. I'm, I think I'm famous for starting one thing and not finishing it, working starting on another one. <laughs> I think it's a wonderful metaphor for how my life is. But, um, yeah, I, I tend to have all of these ideas, and I'm working on them all at the same time. It is kind of a bit chaotic, but it's, it's, it's working so far. Well, the, um, again, the book is uh, tremendous. How, how long has the book been out? So it was published April 1st of 2021 was its, was its debut. Okay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. writing is a, a very solitary thing. Once uh, uh, the book was published, did you have an opportunity? I know we've all been held back a lot by uh, yeah. shutdowns and quarantines and so on related to uh, COVID-19 yeah. and the pandemic, but yep. were you able to get feedback from people, and, and do you enjoy that kind of interaction? Well, I love the interaction, but I could not have been released at a worse time because when your book comes out, you want to do signings and readings and events, and none of that was going on. I couldn't even do a reading at a library. It's still very restricted, so I haven't been able to do a lot of events. A lot of them were virtual, but a lot of times it's hard for those to take any traction. Um so it's actually just now really starting to blossom. I'm doing more and more interviews like, like this and a um, lot of review requests from magazines and, and shows and, 
and uh, newspapers and stuff like that. And I, I am getting a lot of feedback from people, and it's just been such a wonderful experience to see this thing finally kind of come to fruition the way I had imagined it, you know, and blossom. So timing's a little better now. Well, I um, am curious the, to see what what you have coming down the pike, and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Sure. Do you do you have a website you can share? I do. It's just christinekeck.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-K-E-C-K.com. I also have, I have a blog, um, it's a whole other can of worms, but it, it's actually about raising um, a child with ADHD, and it's called ADHD, The Good, The Bad, and The Funny, and it's about <laughs> my hilarious and vivacious, wonderful little girl, who has been such an interesting and, and wonderful experience raising, um, and that's at wigglebeefidgets.com. Um but yeah, you can you can find my book on Amazon, on my website, Barnes Noble, pretty much any online outlet, and um, definitely some some local bookstores around my parts. Well, Christine, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning, and uh, thank with, you so much for having me on this wonderful experience with uh, me and the listeners. And uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Again, that is uh, Christine Keck. She runs a multi-million dollar lumber yard in the small mountain community of Truckee, Tahoe, California. And uh, when she's not goofing around with her kids or running the lumber yard, she uh, is writing children's books. And the, the book that we've been talking about has been out, uh, well, not quite a year, um, called... The Moon Thief is uh, a fascinating uh, kind of kind of a mystery for uh, ages six to twelve. And with that, we're going to take a uh, short break, but we've got lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music> was a friend of mine I used to see it all the time as the sun would fade away Luna came to play Everybody said you better watch out Love will hurt you yeah, There's no doubt Guess they just could not see The things she does for me Always there on my darkest nights And all the others said Got no time Make a lunar forever I will be And there if you should fall I give you my own Nights go by Gonna see her face again She proves me wrong She's been here all along What was I thinking To doubt true love When 
Far beyond the stars above I hope you can forgive me Cause I cannot forget That you were there on my darkest nights All the others said got no time
from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car. Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey. Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Wisecarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Flip Flip Technology. My community.
Community College, Pier, Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. But Old Weird Harold and I, Old Weird Harold, we called him that because he was 6'9", weighed 50 pounds. We used to use him to get the football out of the sewer. We used to go to every harem picture in the world. I'm telling you right now, we would go and we would see Frankenstein. We'd walk 100 miles to see Frankenstein. And mind you, we never saw the monster once. Never saw him once, because we were too scared to look at him. And we had the best seats in the movie. We used to sit right up front. I mean, right up front. That's where you can see everything. You just look right up front there. And we'd say to each other, you going to look at the monster this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't lie now. If you're not going to look at him, say that. You might as well get right on the floor now if you're not going to look at him. You didn't look at him the last time. Yes, I did. Don't lie. Put it on the wall. Look out. That's where we stayed for 12 days. Used to go home with 100 black juji fruits all on our backs. Yeah. So... My mother, we used to stay over and over and over trying to get to see the monster, but we couldn't do it. We were too scared. And my mother used to come for me. Would you come home? Get up off the floor and come home. You know, and the guys would rise. Hey, cuz, your mom came for you again. You shut up. So my mother said one day, she said, I'm not coming for you. That's all. You know, you'll come home yourself. Walk on the Ninth Street Bridge in the dark by yourself if you don't know how to come home. Oh, mom, you'll come home for us. So... We were watching this one picture, and it was, it was a heck of a picture. It was one of the, one of the greatest. They, they had uh, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula, the Hunchback, the Mummy. Everybody was in it. And Harold and I stayed on that floor. Our eyes were closed all day. We never came up one time for air. Every time there was somebody on that screen, we didn't want to see. The Mummy's in there now. Oh, we don't want to look. We don't want to look. And we sat through about 12 showings of the same picture. You gonna look this time? No, get up off the floor. No, I ain't getting up nowhere. It ain't gonna get me. So, finally, during the cartoon, I got up and I looked around. And I said, hey, Harold, there's nothing here but grown-ups. And Harold said, yeah. Because that's what he always says whenever I'm right. He's my closest friend, you know. I said, ask that man what time it is. Hey, mister, what time is it? It's 10 o'clock. Oh, Harold. Oh, Harold, we're in trouble. 10 o'clock, yeah. 10 o'clock, that's when the monsters come out. 
And my mom didn't even come for us, man. Well, she said she would, yeah, but she's supposed to come for us, man. She ain't supposed to let us go home at 10 o'clock with all the monsters out of thing. Man. And we walk out of the movie crying, oh, we got out of this 10 o'clock. Now, the walk home, Ninth Street Bridge has no lights whatsoever, which is highly, well, it's the only way to get home. And we are sick. You're talking about two scared kids just walking, you know, arm in arm, not even picking our feet up off the ground because we want to be ready. If the monster touches us, we want to be ready to jump straight up to heaven. You know, when you pick one leg up, you take a chance on going sideways. You know, and we got our leg. We're just dragged, sending our toes out six feet ahead of us like radar. Kids coming. Kids coming. And I'm telling you, really scared, ready to go any second. And I bumped into Harold. Bump. I said, Harold, did I bump into you? Harold said, no. I said, don't lie to me now, Harold. Because if I bumped into you, say that I bumped. Even if I didn't bump into you, Harold, say that I bumped into you. Because if I didn't, we're going to get eaten alive. You know that, don't you? Harold said, well, you bumped into me. I said, okay, don't lie anymore. Now, I don't know the name of the wino that came out of the alley that, that uh, emptied onto the Ninth Street Bridge. I don't even care what the guy's name is, man. All I know is that he was wrong. That's all I can say. He was pure D wrong. You just don't walk out of an alley that empties on the Ninth Street Bridge without making some sort of announcement, warning little kids. Look out, little kids, coming home from the Astro movie after seeing a whole lot of horror monsters. There's just nobody that can hurt you. It's just a little old wino. And he came out. Now, I'm sure while filling out the accident report on this man that the doctor said, what happened? I don't know. It was just four feet, ran right up my chest, danced on my head for a half hour, and then ran straight down my back, doctor. What, did they say anything? Yes. They said, ah! Did you see them at all? Yes, it was a little kid riding on top of a tall, skinny one, and he was beating him with a stick, saying, faster, faster, you fool, you fool. another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Revolving in a half-forgotten dream Oh, the river 
miles from Mother someone tosses in a stream. And like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face. And the world is like an apple whirling silently in space. Like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind. Keys that jingle in your pocket, words that jangle in your head. Why the summer go so quickly Wasn't something that you said Lovers walk along the shore And leave their footprints in the sand Is the sound of distant drumming Just the fingers of your hand And pictures hanging in a hole We are the fragment of our song Have remembered names and faces But to whom do they belong And when you knew that it was over You were suddenly Turning to the colors of his hair Like a circle in a spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On a never spinning reel As the images unwind Like the circles that you find In the windows of your mind
Time Summer Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh yeah You pilots get off of my lawn We're trying to do a radio show down here It's a Tom Sumner program Don't you know? Go on, go on, get out of here.